Hey, this is Kim Davis, and welcome to another one-on-one podcast. My guest today is Lux Narayan, who's co-founder and CEO of Unmetric. Welcome. Hey, thank you, Kim. Uh, we have met before. We were just talking about it. It's been a few months, and we've spoken by phone. And one of the things which happened, actually, since we last met, Unmetric won the Social Media Marketing Company of the Year award at our own DMN award. So, Valita, congratulations. Thank you, thank you. And, and that award is sitting in our office right now, so thank you for that. I mean, Good we, to we know. thrilled to have won that. <laughs> Good to know. And uh, I will be posting a link alongside this webcast so listeners can read out our previous coverage. But let's start by asking you to introduce anyone new to Unmetric to what you do. I understand it as being about brand-specific social intelligence, Mm -hmm. but obviously you can talk much more fluently about it than I can. Oh yeah, sure. (laughs) So, actually I think the best way to describe that is to rewind back with how we started life about five years ago. Uh, We used to call ourselves the social media benchmarking company, and and for me personally there was a very logical evolution of how the market evolved, because in a previous life, I used to work in mass media advertising and month after month, I would give the share of voice and share of spend reports on TV and newspapers and magazines and internet and website traffic and it only made logical sense that this would extend into the, the social profiles of brands because right. that's why the battle for hearts and minds is often fought. So brands need to know how they're faring versus other brands in terms of their content, in terms of their campaigns and in terms of their social channels, right? Uh, especially in a world where brands are creating campaigns and content at the speed of culture. Mm-hmm. So we started life with that and then we evolved because more than just benchmarking, we found that there was a lot more you could do with the kind of data that you are pulling on what brands are saying and doing through their social profiles. Right. And at this point, our, our uh, proposition or our positioning is, is around you know, AI-powered insights to create compelling content. and. That, that's really what you know. We, we believe the data can do, especially with the layer of AI on top of it. It can help marketers interpret and get to insights faster to create better content and campaigns of their own. I think uh, an interesting aspect of what you do, which um, I'll ask you to talk more about, is it's, it's, it's kind of a no-brainer that a brand would want to analyze its own social activity and what people are saying about the brand. But you go beyond that and give insights into what is happening with its competitors, don't you? Absolutely. In, in fact, that is, when I couldn't have put it better, that, that's really the big focus for us because most brands know what they're doing with their own brand <laughs> and, and they should uh, have deeper visibility into that. But I mean, no brand is an island, right? I mean, they're, they're operating in a context where other brands are competing not just for business but for attention. Mm-hmm. In fact, uh, everyone is competing for share of attention in the Facebook news feed. Yes. You're competing with news, you're competing with friends updates, you're competing with other brands in your vertical and outside of it. So I think it's increasingly important that brands are super cognizant of what other brands are doing, especially given the cadence with which brands are doing things. I mean, every single cultural location is an opportunity for uh, a conversation. Brands would have had a Father's Day campaign last week and next week they're going to have a 4th of July campaign and then there's going to be some obscure never heard of holiday that is an excuse for a campaign. But there is a lot more cultural capital around which brands can create campaigns and they are. And all the more important for them to keep tabs of what other brands are doing. Of course. And obviously you analyze and track but 
the third part of your portfolio, which I am interested I'm interested in, and I think it leads naturally to talking more about AI, is Discover, because you help brands find social content. Tell, tell us about that. Oh, yeah. I mean, just, just taking off from what we just discussed in terms of brands creating content at the speed of culture, the canvas for new ideas is rapidly shrinking mm -hmm. because something that is new today is going to be executed by some brand out there, perhaps in your own category, in the next six months. Yeah. Uh, and therefore, the pressure for a brand to, to create new stuff is, is all the more higher in today's world. Uh, I remember when, when I was in mass media advertising, we would bundle everyone off to a resort to an off-site and sit and brainstorm and come up with a new campaign idea, which had a shelf life of six months. <laughs> those were the days. Those, those were good days. <laughs> I'm not complaining. <laughs> but, you know, at, at those points, you could sit pretty with having a new campaign idea every six months, mm -hmm. right? That brand is now campaign creating six campaigns a month. That's an order of magnitude jump of, of over 36 times and more. So given that context, uh, when brands are looking for white spaces, when brands are looking for executions that have not been done before or executions done in some other vertical that they're looking at, let's say a, a brand in the insurance vertical wants to talk about mindfulness. Mm -hmm. The first thing they should check if, is if other brands in the insurance vertical have talked about mindfulness, right? If five other brands are done, maybe they need to take a rethink. They don't want to be the sixth brand doing exactly the same thing. If there are none, great. But then maybe they want to see whether other brands in other categories have talked about this. And if so, how did people receive it? What were the goods? What were the bads? There's a lot you can learn from the wisdom of the crowds in terms of a brand environment. And Discover essentially facilitates that because we're ingesting all content published by brands and allowing brands to tap into this, this, this knowledge base create better content and campaigns of their own. Okay. Now, I, I can readily see how this project would lend itself to some kind of AI input simply because social media, well, it's unstructured data, but increasingly it's, it's visual data. I mean, social is so much about image and video. And being able to analyze and understand what's happening in social, it's something which a few years ago, machines probably couldn't do, but there have been great advances. And I know within the last few days, Ammetric has released a new product, SIA, X-I-A is spelled, SIA, AI-powered SIA, and you're using that to help drive these actual insights from social. So I'll let you tell us about it. Sure. So, yes, yeah, SIA is the latest member of our team. In fact, uh, <laughs> you know... Um, We've been building components of AI, and I'll dive into that in a moment, uh, and we had to give it a name. So we had a company-wide contest among all 70 of us, mm -hmm. where we crowdsourced various names, and then we had a competition for which one was the best, and, and SIA got many more votes than the other, so, so SIA it <laughs> <Okay>. is. <laughs> it's also the, I think, the Egyptian goddess of wisdom, so there, there, there are some bad stories there. Right. right. But... We've been working on, on what would qualify as, as AI. Now, the, the term AI is used and abused in a lot of ways, right? I mean, you're, you're no stranger to that. You know Absolutely. <laughs> so, th there is broad spectrum general AI of the kind that we hear a little more often, the kind that Watson does and, and everything. And then there is specific to domain AI, like, like what Adobe does and what Salesforce does with, I think Adobe is called Genie, Salesforce does with Einstein. Mm -hmm. I mean, ours is, ours is even more focused in our specific use case. 
and it does two things um fundamentally we feel we believe that very often people are data rich and insight poor mm-hmm. and besides giving the data as we do in on metric we we believe we have a responsibility towards taking them to that insight a lot faster and that's one area where ai can help right in disambiguating data yeah so if you're looking at a huge amount of content published by a brand or a huge amount of commentary around a particular piece of content or if you're fishing for those needles in the haystack those are all potential areas where ai can and does in our case help so there are statistical models that constantly pull out outliers so you don't have to look at what is not par for the course right, <laughs> right. there are models that use nlp to disambiguate a sequence of words and tell you that this is a gist of what these brands are talking about so that you can figure out what they're not talking about that you could talk about so that's one branch of what we do with our ai yeah. interpreting data much faster the second is estimating metrics because with the kind of walled garden that you have in the social ecosystems with yes. facebook and everything there are some metrics that marketers would need to know like whether a competitor promoted or had money behind a post now that's not public knowledge but we've built ai that can with a reasonable degree of certainty estimate and model data and tell you whether something was promoted give you an estimate of reach and impressions and and be generally within the ballpark for metrics that are not public so these are the two areas estimating metrics that are not public and disambiguating and you know data and reducing time to insight that, that that second part is really exciting isn't it because we've all been talking about the walled gardens but ai is sufficiently powerful it can take what's available in public and give you a little glimpse behind the wall in a sense uh, absolutely and that that's really what we're trying to do punch those holes in the wall based <laughs> on what is thrown over to the other side yes. Uh, you'll never be hundred percent there, but I think if you're ninety percent there, it's good enough in many cases. At least you have an order of magnitude, yes. and especially in the social space. Because um, just to give you one example, I mean, like reach, um, it, it it was it's almost funny how there was a prevalent methodology in the industry till very recently, and still is, where someone would say, "You've got a million Twitter followers." each of them has a million twitter followers therefore your reach is 1 trillion people which guess what is more than the population of the planet right, <laughs> right. so th- those are fantastic when yeah. the world was looking at at vanity metrics and everyone wanted to see huge humongous numbers but i think it's evolved now it's it's people want realistic numbers and mm-hmm. and that's where ai can help using publicly available data to exactly as you said take a peek into those walls Uh, and i'm seeing the use of ai popping up in all kinds of contexts these days in marketing technology sales technology and so on it's going to influence social media and how we understand it isn't it absolutely in in and i think a lot of interesting ways so um interestingly um i think i was telling you a little while back i was at this conference some time ago the big boulder conference and the theme was around the future of ai and and social and we are obviously a little more tuned to this subset of the ecosystem yes. because i mean like you observed the whole marketing technology ecosystem and if you include sales and sales force and you know opportunity mining there's a whole bunch of things there as well there's a lot of areas where ai can is sometimes rightfully sometimes wrongfully so permeating right, right. but narrowing down from that into the social space um i th- i think there are specific use cases where ai can help um 
in fact i would i would go further to to say there are six specific areas in okay. which ai could actually touch that right yeah. uh, do you want to dive into that absolutely oh, okay cool yeah yeah <laughs> so um, i mean closest home to us is comparative intelligence and and i, I won't be able to point on that because we talked about mm-hmm. it how you can use ai to reduce time to insight sure. and how you can use ai to estimate metrics that are not otherwise public and and that's one area of comparative intelligence where it can help The other five are, are pretty interesting too. There's consumer intelligence, which is typified by the many listening platforms out there, and they have a wealth of knowledge in terms of what people like, say, do, and can can drive even product development. So there's this uh, case study that's often touted about how Walmart introduced cake pops in their okay. stores yeah. because they figured that uh, that's something people wanted, and uh, once they managed to distill that signal from all the noise that is there and listening data. they translated that into actually introducing cake pops with i believe good results in their <laughs> shelves right okay uh, so that's an area of of consumer intelligence yeah this content intelligence how you decide what content to promote especially when you're someone like the new york times because you've got so many stories every single day that it's it's no easy task to figure out which one you might want to promote and put paid behind and things so i They they actually use an internal app running within Slack. It's called Blossom, mm-hmm. and it's been written about, which uses data around likes, comments, shares, and how content is shared to decide which one deserves the benefit of promotion. Right. Yes. So so every single day the newsroom has a curated list that comes up using this. So that's Blossom is AI driven and runs within Slack. That that's a great example. Uh, three other examples would be content creation. Right. Yeah. That can sometimes have disastrous results. Yes. As, as, um, I think recently Microsoft found when they had uh, Tay, which was their chatbot that automatically put out content. Yes. Pretty soon became a racist feminist bashing uh, <laughs> teenager or something out there. Yeah. But I mean, you 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 need people to try those kind of things for 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 you know to to push the envelope on this, but. Yes. It is possible for AI to have some programmatic content, and there are companies exploring that boundary in terms of can we auto create interesting and scintillating and relevant content, mm-hmm. customer service, yes. um, and typified by chatbots, right? So uh, there are, I mean, each of us has our favorite story of a chatbot gone wrong that has absolutely no clue of context and conversation, but done right, it can be good. So KLM, for example, actually adheres to a promise of. answering questions within i think it's about an hour in multiple languages where they use ai to suggest an answer but that answer is not published to to the customer a human operator looks at that either takes it as it is modifies it or rejects it and depending on those actions it also gets smarter right, right. so that's a great idea i mean example of human augmented ai right And then the last one is around influencer management. I mean, mm-hmm. it's, it's so much in the news now with influencers lending their names to things and and actually being subject to uh, you know lawsuits and things. <laughs> right, process, right. And enough stories about that. The, <laughs> yeah. the fire festival and everything. But uh, if you ask someone to trawl through everything that an individual, an influencer in this case, has said, and get a make you know an idea of whether this person would be a fit for a brand, it's it's not easy to accomplish. Right. And that's an area where. you know machine or artificial intelligence can actually help figure out those skeletons in people's closets especially when they're famous celebrities and influencers to determine if they are fits for your brand so there are some companies playing around with this so, so all of these are interesting areas that touch upon social data yes. where ai plays a role I mean, content creation uh, content intelligence comparative intelligence consumer intelligence 
influencer identification and customer support. So, And I think one thing to emphasize, I know some people lose sight of this. We're not just talking about automation, which will kind of be an obvious thing to do, but we're talking about automation which can teach itself to get smarter from the feedback it's getting. Absolutely. And then that, that's super important because otherwise it's, it's static, right? Yeah, exactly. So, uh, I mean, for example, one thing we, we, we pride ourselves on is the ability to discern which disconnected pieces of content were part of the same campaign. Yes. And that is human augmented. Right. So right. the AI takes it to a certain level, the final last mile validation is done by a human and that decision by the person is fed back to the AI so it's constantly learning, it knows whether what it did previously was on the right track or not. Okay. And then that's important because that's the only way you're going to improve you know, estimation metrics, you're going to make it smarter. So. Okay, exciting new world. I just, because we're running out of time, I just wanted to switch gear and ask a slightly different kind of question. And that's about something we've heard about a lot over the last few years, which is social business, how social media is going to disrupt businesses and businesses are going to start to reorganize themselves around social. Now, I'm sure the extent to which that happens is going to vary from vertical to vertical and, and so on. But is that something you've seen happening, businesses making social really much more central to what they're doing? I mean, I'll take the easy route out on the answer. It's, 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 a, it's a yes and no. And, and I mm-hmm. think you kind of qualified the yes and no in your question when you, when you said for certain verticals, it, it, it makes sense. And if you dive deeper into what those certain verticals are, I mean, they are the verticals where, by definition, people tend to be more vocal than social. Mm-hmm. Uh, unfortunately, they're the ones where people tend to be more vocal about bad experiences. So, so telecom and airlines are two prime examples. Of course, right? yeah. Uh, we work with a couple of airline brands, um, I mean, including American Airlines, who, who does some amazing work on in terms of how their business is organized around how they do customer service. They've got, they got a huge team of people that's dedicated to not just giving you a canned answer, but actually giving you a well-thought-out, well-researched answer by a person who is no stranger to the aviation industry okay. and has, in most cases, spent a few years working in it. Uh, and that's an example of a, of a business reorganizing around social in a way because over there, I mean, customer service and conversations and resolutions of issues are pretty central to how the company does business. Right. So I think in, in verticals where this is uh, typical, I mean, like telecom here, the travel industry, uh, you will see things that move across departments. It's, it's no longer just the mandate of customer service or marketing. You will see a certain integration of the front office. You will see efforts that start with social because that's where people are most vocal to identify that audience of one, to know who that customer is across various touch points that happen across the organization. And if you want information to proliferate in a way that you can identify that this person who tweeted at us is the same person who called us yesterday and sent that email in the middle of the night, you require an, a, a company to reorganize around that. And I think mm-hmm. that was the hypothesis, which yes. will probably play out a little more in some of these industries, uh, a little slower in some of the other industries. Okay, well, yeah. thank you for letting us pick your brains on the state of social, social and AI. That's always a pleasure. Thank you very much. Kim, always a pleasure <laughs> meeting you again. So, thank you. And everyone, look out for the next one-on-one podcast.